Hey, 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 and welcome back to the For The One podcast. I'm KK, your host, and I am truly grateful that you're listening today. In this episode, it's titled, Where the Green Grass Grows. So obviously, we're talking about agriculture. (laughs) Just kidding. Today's topic is comparison, envy, and individual gifts. So grab your favorite drink or go on a drive. Honestly, even grab a journal if you want to do some self-reflecting. And let's get started. So today's title, Where the Green Grass Grows, is inspired by a sweet country song by Tim McGraw titled The Same Thing. And in the lyrics, the melody is really just beautiful, but in the chorus, the lyrics go, I want to live where the green grass grows. And it's just really sweet because he's talking about just wanting to be where life is not crazy and consuming, rather wanting to be where it's simple and slowed down and sitting in a rocking chair pointed towards the sunset um, with his love, which is just a really sweet, sweet imagery. But really one of the reasons why I also chose where the green grass grows is the phrase, the common phrase called the grass is always greener on the other side. Kind of saying like the grass always looks greener on your neighbor's side of the fence. Like their life will always look better if you're comparing your grass color. Like do you ever find yourself wanting someone else's life? Or feeling insignificant? Or like your life is lame. I often see this play out in people's lives where they're wanting to own everything that someone else owns. Like the clothes, the car, the house, the technology. Or even like having the same job or, you know, a seemingly perfect family kind of thing. And whenever I see people thinking about this, like, they th- like I can tell in their thought process, they're thinking that having all that will make their life automatically better. Or do you ever feel like you're in some kind of internal battle between your performance and the person next to you? Like, I'm not talking about like benchmarking. Benchmarking's okay because you're just trying to gauge like, okay, am I doing well? But taking that to even like a worse extent of oh, am I beating them? Am I doing better than them? Even though it's not necessarily always a competition. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm a competitive person, but it's, it's not good to compare, like compare to the point of just envy and wanting what someone else has. But like, I get it. Like, I've had that internal battle. I've won I want things that other people have. Like, I've been there, and sometimes I even go back there without even knowing it. Like, if you feel that way, too, if, you, if you're getting, if you're picking up what I'm putting down, allow me to speak some truth over you. First, wanting to be like someone else won't make you that person, no matter how similar you are. You will still be you. Nothing will ever make you someone else because God already made you, you. Comparison, besides green grass, comparison leads to another green thing that I mentioned earlier, envy. 
the little green-eyed monster creeping up on you. (laughs) And they don't call envy one of the seven deadly sins for nothing. Y'all, in Proverbs 14.30, it says, A tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. In other words, a content heart, a peaceful heart, a heart that is just fine. No, no. In other words, like a tranquil heart, a peaceful heart, a content heart gives life to the flesh. Like, it's not a mistake that people say when you're sick, it's your body telling you to slow down. Like, it responds to how we're going, 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 going. Like, how you're mentally feeling, how you're emotionally feeling, how you're spiritually feeling, it all correlates to the health of your body. A peaceful heart gives life to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. If someone is you know, content with what they have, they'll be more healthy for the most part. But if someone is just comparing and comparing and comparing to the point where they are envious of someone, like that takes a toll on your mind, your heart, and your spirit, which then takes a toll on your body. Like envy actively kills you. It kills your zest for life. It kills the peace in your soul and it rots your bones. Envy is deadly. This is why it's so important to be aware and stay away from comparison. If I haven't said it already, like it is a slippery slope when you go from benchmarking to envy. And you may think, so I can't compare, I can't envy. Is there anything I can do? Because even if I quit doing those things, nothing significant is going to happen to me. Like, it won't really affect my life that much. Like, KK, my life is so boring. It's normal. I don't really think anything's going to happen. Allow me to backtrack a little bit to the topic of comparison and purpose. Or, in a sense, comparing your purpose. Have you ever heard the story of Esther? Remember the story of Esther? It's personally one of my favorites. Um, I had to do it for like academic meet in fifth grade, and I still remember the details. It was so good. But um, if you haven't heard of the story of Esther, in a nutshell, there is um, an Israelite girl. Her name is Esther. And in the time the Israelites are living in, in exile under a different kingdom. And the king of the time had divorced his queen. She made him mad. So he called for all the young eligible girls in Israel to come to his palace and prepare to be chosen in a sense. And so they get all this like spa and beauty treatment. And Esther is one of these eligible girls and she gets taken probably against her will to the palace. Well, Sometime later, she gets chosen, and she is made queen. 
The king, however, has a right-hand man who hates the Israelite people and is trying to genocide them all, get rid of them. And Esther, during this whole time, because that's a lot for a young girl, being taken from your family, being given in marriage to a man much older than you that you don't really know, and then knowing that corruption is trying to get to your people. And in this, Esther is consulting her older cousin, Mordecai. And he's telling her, she's like, man, I don't know what to do. Like, what is going on? Mordecai is telling Esther, he says, if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether or not you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. For such a time as this. This is one of... This is the most well-known verse from the story of Esther. Because she's like, I don't feel significant enough. Like, I'm kind of scared. I don't know how to tell a king, like, I'm a Jew. And, like, I will be killed if this decree is declared. Like, what is going on? And he's saying, like, we may, like, God can use other people. Deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place. But perhaps you were placed where you are, Esther for such a time as this, to save the Israelite people? Like, what other Jew has that in with the king to have that influence over him? And it's so beautiful because, like, perhaps you were created for such a time as to where you are now. Perhaps you were specifically created to know the people you know, to work in the job you work at, go to the school you go to, have the connections that you do, in order for God to further his kingdom. Like, sure, you're not on the ancient bachelor with a nation's life in your hands. However, you are created by the same God who used just a regular Israelite girl who was put into a hard situation. And he used Esther to save the Israelite people. And that same God is the one who put you exactly where you are and gave you the exact spiritual gifts that you have. Why would you want to be anyone else? Why would you want someone else's position or role when you have just what you need, when you are equipped with just what God has given you? It reminds me of that Selena Gomez song. It's called Who Says, and it's like, when I want to be anybody else. And she's like, I just want to be beautiful me. Fun fact, saying that in the third grade talent show, messed up in front of the whole school. It was hilarious. <laughs> But why would you want to be anyone else if God's given you the gifts and talents he's given you? Like, why would you want, like, the the grass is not greener on the other side of the fence. It is green where you're standing right now. Don't you want to live where the green grass grows? Don't you want to live in your green yard? Does that make sense? (laughs) One of my favorite metaphors in the Bible for roles within the spiritual church, is in Romans 12. It is a metaphor of the body of Christ. And y'all, I recommend reading the whole chapter because it really is just so beautiful and so life-giving and spiritually fulfilling. But for right now, I'll just read verses 3 through 9 with the metaphor of the body of Christ. Verse 3, it says, For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, 
Rather, think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all of the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophecy, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. And if it is serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, then do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. So beautiful. So beautiful. Like God has given you unique gifts specific to you like here in Romans 12 Paul is explaining well first God is not God (laughs) first God no not God first Paul is talking to the Roman church he's writing to the Roman church that is very culturally diverse people from different ethnic backgrounds. It's just like a big melting pot city of people who are raised differently, all this. He's talking to a very diverse church where many different roles are seen within the church. And oftentimes like society may value some roles over another and he and some people may be wanting the more valuable roles XYZ. But here Paul is explaining the metaphor of each Christian playing a different role within the body of Christ. And he lists a few spiritual gifts that the Spirit blesses us with. And he tells people to use their gifts. Notice how he doesn't tell the people with the gift of serving to wish they had the gift of teaching. No, he says, serve. He doesn't say, oh, you with the gift of encouragement, go try out generosity for Like, don't, don't encourage. Like, go envy the generous people. No, he says, then encourage. And this is not exclusive, and people aren't limited to one thing, because I do believe we have such a complex and beautiful God who's made us in such intricate ways that he can bless us with different gifts. However, we're not all given every gift, you know what I mean? Like, it's not limited to one thing, but rather it's a chance to specialize in a gift that God has given us which then solidifies and establishes our role or part in the body of Christ. Like, your gifts were graciously given to you by God in accordance with your faith. And one thing I realized is that accordance with your faith, it doesn't necessarily mean based on the strength of your faith. But rather, it more so means incompatibility with your faith like oh how god gives so generously i mean if he were given gifts just based off the strength of our faith none of us would really have any gifts you know what i mean <laughs> like we're just humans trying to love god as best we can and so what he doesn't in, in order to help us in order to further his kingdom through us is he gives us spiritual gifts in accordance with incompatibility with our faith And I'm so grateful to embody the gifts that I do, and I hope you are too. And I'm not sure that anybody has just one gift. 
Like I said earlier, I think God creatively combines the perfect amount of gifts for each of his children. And we should trust that the one, the gifts he's given us are ours. And the gifts he's given our neighbor on the other side of the fence are theirs. Like, I don't know about you, but if I have something so great as that, like, doesn't it just seem illogical to want something else? Especially when it's compatible with, like, your gifts of knowledge and your gifts of personality and your spiritual gifts. And I think sometimes we want other people's gifts because we don't necessarily know how to use ours, but we see them using theirs well. It makes me think of in Legally Blonde, how Elwood said, she said, you have all the equipment, you just need to read the manual. <laughs> like in other words, you know, say your gift is encouragement. Okay, go read the manual, go read the Bible. What does it look like? What does it biblically look like to encourage people? You have all the equipment. God equips you with everything you need. Like if you have gifts, then use them. Would it not be a waste of your gift if you spent your time wanting someone else's? Say you're called to generosity, but you see someone teaching and you think that looks much more glamorous than your life. Like, what a waste of generosity if you're trying to be a teacher out here, you know what I mean? These are all good things. These are all good things, but there's no reason we should abandon the gifts God's given us in order to try and be like someone else. And our part in the body of Christ not only includes our gifts, but our roles as well. I kind of touched on this, but like the way we use our gifts. Like no one who, not everyone who's called to serve, serves in the same way. Not everyone who's called to generosity gives in the same way. Like say your calling is service and another person you know they're calling is service. They may serve in the soup kitchen downtown and you may be like, oh, like that seems more like better than mine. And like, I just, you know, I really just trying to, should I serve that way? Even though I feel called to serve this way. And it's like, uh, like there's no, like, it's not better to serve in one place than another. It's God is calling you to serve. Might as well serve at the place that's on your heart. They may be called to serve food insecurity while you may be called to serve children or homeless people or whatever you know what I mean like God can still provide at the soup kitchen he can still provide at the children's home like how cool is it that he's inviting you to serve there too like let's go serve in the aspects in which we are called let's go use our gifts in the aspects in which we are called because like it's gonna look different for everybody it's going to look different for everyone. Like y'all, we are called to live like Jesus. We're not called to live like your seemingly perfect neighbor two doors down. <laughs> that reminds me, have y'all ever heard that Dolly song, Two Doors Down? It's a bop. You should definitely give it a listen. She's talking about how she's crying and like sad by herself and two doors down they're having a party. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to clean myself up and go to that party. And she did. And she had a great night. 
So, little recap. Be aware of when you're comparing yourself negatively to others because it can dangerously lead to envy. And this can be comparison in the sense of material things, but also in the sense of spiritual gifts and the way God is using people. Be careful not to compare because it leads to envy, which is deadly. Like perhaps you've been created for just the moment in time, the place in which you are in. You are a unique part of the body of Christ. Like if you're a hand, please don't try to be a foot. If you're an arm, please don't try to be a leg. (laughs) Because each have such unique functions that in order for the whole body to be properly in order, they each need to be working within their function. You got all the equipment, just need to read the manual, y'all. So, for the one who's listening, who is stuck in the bad habit of comparison and envy, know that God created you too. He didn't just create your neighbor whose life seems like a movie. And know that he blessed you too with unique gifts and situations and networks. Know that you have not just been dropped randomly where you are, but rather you are appointed to the time and place that you are for such a time as this. So, for the one who's listening, for the one who needs to hear it, Jesus loves you. God bless. Thanks again for listening to the For The One Podcast. Remember to follow along on our Instagram at ForTheOnePodcast underscore. And go ahead and subscribe to this podcast on your listening platform. Feel free to leave comments as I'd love to hear what you have to say. Thanks again for listening. Peace out.